past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and today we're going to be talking about another concept that will help you take control of your own career and be successful in whatever way you want to be successful. And we've been talking a lot about social and, or, well, I guess social and emotional intelligence. And today our, our topic is going to fit right into that. We were talking about trust in our last show and how to build trust with your team. And that relational ability is one of our main skills that is going to determine whether we get where we want to go in our career and our life or we struggle with that. And these relational skills, these soft skills, if you will, are typically the skills that get in our way of advancing. We like to think of it as the hard skills, the things we can go and learn and The good news is that we can learn these emotional and and social skills as well. They sometimes just take a little bit more time and thought and energy and, and maybe not any more than the hard skills, but we just aren't used to thinking about them in a structured way of learning. So today we're going to talk about a concept that I learned from my Sandler sales coach, And watching him present here locally, I knew that he was a wealth of information and have learned so much from him. And you can learn this as well from, it's in some of the Sandler Success Principles books. I'm going to share some of the information that I found both through talking to my coach as well as looking about what they've written about this topic online. So today we're going to talk about ego identity and identity versus role. Now, if you're not big into psychology, you might not even know that this existed. But when I started looking at this identity versus role information that Sandler Sales talks about, I thought, well, that sounds familiar from my psychology training. What is this? And I'm confused. So if you are in the psychology world, you would know that Erickson developed a theory of ego identity and developmental stages. Very helpful information to look at if you are a parent or are parenting um, children in any way. And it goes through the different developmental stages. And one of those stages is role, is identity versus role confusion. So identity versus role confusion is kind of the backdrop for Sandler's take on identity versus role. So we're going to talk briefly just here about Erickson's psychosocial stage of Ego identity, which is identity versus role confusion. So this happens when we are adolescents, sometime between 12 and 18, although I feel like a lot of us 
<laughs> may still be struggling with this later in life. And it's the idea that we develop our conscious sense of self through social interaction during this time. So when your parents or maybe you as a parent get that feeling of concern that your child is hanging with the wrong group of people, this is where that concern is rooted. That during this time frame, we are trying to figure out who we are and we're doing that in some ways by comparing ourselves and forming groups forming identity along with other people that we're hanging out with during that time. So we're trying to figure out who we are, right? Who am I? And how does that fit in this world? And during this time, of course, you know, think back to when you were a teen, you're trying on different ways of being. Outwardly, this might look like different fashion stages. We try how we dress and look different. And then we come to our own personal sense of style, hopefully. That might be we are trying to figure out what our interests are career-wise, vocational-wise, and maybe even a little bit avocationally. And we play with different ideas. We try out different things. Maybe we try some different hobbies. We do some research on different careers, and then we figure out what we want to do, what what our identity is going to be in terms of our interests, both career-related and not related to careers. So during this time, we're forming a lot of who we are in terms of our personality, in terms of our how we're going to show that personality to the world. Most personality theorists, I guess, would say that our personality is set by then, but we're figuring out how we're going to show that personality to the world. And we're figuring out who we are and how we can remain who we are in relation to other people. So if you've met people that seem confused, they seem to be kind of that chameleon who not only changes back and forth based on who they're hanging out with, but seems to do it uh, subconsciously, you know, not really aware of the fact that they're doing it and they don't seem to know who they are. Erickson would say that they have a little bit of trouble in this identity versus role confusion state. So when we are in this phase and we're thinking about who we are and we're trying to really build our identity, we can do that in a strong way and and be clear about who we are, or we can have that role confusion where we're kind of bouncing around and having a hard time figuring out who we are. So this is the backdrop. This is the kind of background behind the idea of identity versus role in our adult working life as put together by a Sandler sales folks. So you might think back in terms of your identity and what do you think about when you think about your identity, your self-esteem, your self-worth, what does that look like? And the way that this topic was introduced to me was to sit down and think about what I value about myself. 
and, and who I am. And the first thing that came to mind for me were some of the qualities in terms of being strategic, being thoughtful, um, being compassionate, those qualities that are important to me about myself. What are those? And so I started to write those down. And my sales coach said, oh, that's great. When people start to write down things that are important to them, a lot of times they write down roles. So I'm a mom. I'm a business owner. I'm a trainer. Those are roles. And we can make ourselves identity too much caught up in our roles, which creates a different kind of problem than Erickson was talking about with identity and role confusion, but it's very related. So it's this idea of who am I and is that idea of who I am, that definition of who I am, is it solid? Is it consistent? Is it separate from what other people say? Is it separate from who other people are? Is it separate from what I do every day? And that's where Sandler saw the trouble trying to be successful in their workplace. And of course, he was working with people who are salespeople. This expands almost every different type of career that I can think of where it gets in people's way that their performance becomes a part of their identity. Those two are separate. Who we are and our self-worth is not related to our performance. So think about that. Who we are, our self-worth, and hopefully our self-esteem, what we think about ourselves, is not directly related to our performance. And if you're familiar with the work of Brene Brown, this is not a new concept to you. She talks about it differently, but the very similar topics around shame, being a I am a mistake, right? Guilt is I made a mistake. Shame is I am a mistake that my self-worth is so low that I feel ashamed of, of who I am. And when people confuse these two ideas, when they confuse their identity with their role, when they confuse their identity with their performance, they can confuse feedback to be a jab to who they are instead of a simple correction of what they've done or the role that they're playing. So the beginning stages of this idea are to sit down and come up with a list that is an identity. Who are you? Who are you? And you might think about what you value about yourself across all your roles to help you come up with this separate list of who are you that is separate from what are you? Who are you? What do you value about yourself? What are those qualities about you that are important to you? 
What is your identity separate from what you do and the roles that you play? What is that identity and what does that look like? And then how can we start to build our identity to be separate from our roles? And we're going to dive into that idea here a little bit deeper as we go through this, the show. But the starting place is to really sit down and figure out who you are and to be able to separate that from what you do. And so, you know, in, in the Sandler way, they sit down and have you do this to separate who you are from what you do. And when we feel like we go up and down in terms of our self-worth, when we go up and down in terms of our self-esteem, when we're on a roller coaster every day in terms of how we feel about ourselves, many times that is because our role and our identity are intertwined or perhaps confused and we don't feel good about ourselves unless we have done a good job which in most cases is an object or subjective judgment by someone else so we're going to take a short break and when we come back talk about how you can continue to separate your role and your identity to be more successful in your everyday work life we'll be right back in just a few minutes Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America. America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about this idea of identity versus role, stemming from the social psychological concepts of, of Erickson 
in our developmental theory, something again that I would suggest you look at if you're raising kids or, or helping friends, family members raise kids. It's very practical advice. And one of those stages is this identity versus role confusion, where the foundation for the idea of identity versus role in the Sandler context comes from. So in our adolescence, we're developing who we are, right, developing that identity. And because of the way of the world, I don't think there's probably very many of us who get out of that or, or the next phase of our life without some digs, without some detriment to our identity, right? To our self-worth, to our self-esteem. So when we sit down and we think about who we are and those elements that are important to us about who we are and what our identity really is separate from what we do, we can sit down and think about that. What who am I, who are you, that is separate from what you do? And that is who you are, that is fundamental to who you are. And then we can also think about our identity in terms of our self-worth and being comfortable with who we are. And this is one of the ways that um, Sandler starts their conversation is to you kind of rate yourself, rate your identity. Here's how I feel about myself from zero to 10. So on any given day, how do you feel about yourself in that one to 10 with one being feeling that shame that I'm a mistake and kind of points out very vividly that that's oftentimes where people are when they are having suicidal thoughts they're not feeling okay about themselves, right? They're way down on that on that rung of zero to 10 in, in that identity score. So if every day you go to work and you think of, you know, I feel about a six, I'm a six or I'm a five, on a regular day, I, I feel eh, okay about myself. What this theory is pointing out that then you have a gap that you're trying to cover. You're trying to make yourself feel better about yourself. If you're a five or six or seven, you've got that gap between a six, seven, ten that you're trying to cover. And he calls that our ego needs. And typically when we think about someone having an ego problem, it isn't that they feel like they're a ten. It's that they are a six or a seven or maybe even a three or four, and they have large ego needs to make themselves feel better. And we know this, right? We know that when someone has arrogance, it's not really that they feel like they're a 10, because people who really feel like they're a 10 don't have to anybody to prove it to. They don't have to puff themselves up. They don't have to be arrogant, So when people have that arrogance about them, it's usually because they have large ego needs. And those ego needs are what we all feel around them that they're trying to puff themselves up. This also is what gets people in trouble with defensiveness. When people are attacking their role 
and they take it as an attack on their identity. So if we can separate those two, we can be much better at receiving feedback because we can put that feedback where it belongs, which is on the role side of it, right? I made a mistake versus on the identity side of it, I am a mistake. And we can take that feedback and use it constructively versus getting defensive about it. So if you feel yourself kind of getting to that defensive place, it may be because we are not really in touch with our identity. We're basing too much of our identity on our role and our performance in our role. So those are two kind of issues that we face with this identity role confusion. Arrogance and when we're feeling the need to puff ourselves up and act more um, confident, but it's really not, not really confidence, it's covering it up, right? Then we can come across as arrogant. Um, we might also come across as kind of weak or deferring if we've got that large gap and we're trying to use pity to get other people to help us fill that gap. Assertiveness, confidence are really when we are okay with our identity. Even if we're not at a 10, we're just okay with where we are. Then you've got this side of the role and the role being the things that we do. So if you're a manager, if you're an engineer, if you're a a parent, a child, a spouse, a brother or sister, those are all roles. And our performance in those roles can be criticized without us having to take it into our identity and to feel less than because someone is critiquing our performance in a role. And when we give feedback, that's an important thing to consider as well is am I giving feedback to that person's role and not to their identity? Am I coaching them for their role, but building up and reinforcing that their identity, their worth as a person? And if we're thinking about that as a leader, we're going to give much better feedback and get much better performance from people when we're not critiquing their role. And of course, I was just listening to a parenting uh, book by Brene Brown with a very similar thread of thought here and thinking about how we can give feedback to our loved ones. Um, again, those personal roles, brother, sister, mother, child, in and give them feedback in their role performance as a role, not as an identity. Very interesting thought, um, especially if you are a leader in, into how you can be more effective in giving feedback. So how does this idea affect our personal everyday performance? So here's the scenario that the, the Sandler materials present. And it's more apparent perhaps in the sales world. However, I think it, well, I don't think, I, I've seen it impact people in any different type of role. 
that when we are too too tied to our role as part we are on that constant roller coaster of looking for positive feedback and of taking any negative feedback to mean we're not worthy which means that then we stop performing because when we're not worthy or we feel less than typically that means that either our perfectionist tendencies creep in and we continue to try harder and harder and harder but we really never get anything done and don't make a true difference in the quality that we're putting out because it's not really about being perfect in the role it's about being perfect in our identity and since we know we can't achieve that we our performance falters our our execution falters and then when someone tells us that we did a good job or in this world when we close a sale and we get you know we get that positive reinforcement our identity goes up and it's great and we're riding high for a little while then when it doesn't go well our identity suffers and we go down and we don't do anything again. This typically becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Then we think we can't be successful because we weren't successful, but we weren't successful because we didn't do well because we were already caught up in this identity role loop, right? This feedback loop that is continually negative, maybe even a little bit spiraling, might spiral up if we get that good feedback, but that can't last. We can't continually always win. And if we are focused on external validation of that win, we stop trying and we spiral down. So this is where it comes into our individual performance and how we rate our individual performance every day. Are we rating it based on that external role-based feedback If we're just rating our performance by that, that can be helpful. We can look at ways to do things differently. We can look at different ways to act differently. But if we're taking it into our identity and we feel that we have to be different to be successful, it probably isn't going to be positive for us. So thinking back into my own kind of career and how this played out a little bit, um, when I first started in the careers world, I worked for someone who was very different person, very different identity, very different way of being than me. And I can remember when I first started out working with this person, I thought that I was not going to be successful because I wasn't her. i In some ways, I was developing my identity in this new field, similarly to what might have happened when in in the teen years, right? When we change careers or we change positions, we face some of the same identity confusion now within that new role. Who am I going to be in this new role? What is that going to look like for me? And how am I going to integrate my overall identity into my identity in this role? And if I would have known this information or would have thought about it in this way, it probably would have been helpful to be who I am in that role instead of trying to be 
what I thought I needed to be to be successful. Because what happened was when people would give me feedback that I wasn't the same as this other person, I would take it as a hit on my identity, right? That I wasn't good enough. I wasn't her, so I wasn't good enough. And then I would um, retract. So not do some of the things I knew I needed to do because I had gotten feedback that I wasn't doing them in a way that people wanted, but it wasn't because of what I was doing. I was thinking it was who I was and I had to be different to be able to be successful. And for a while that stopped me from doing things the way I do them and figuring out how that was going to be successful. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to continue on this topic and how you can separate your identity from your role and maybe start to move forward in doing that so that you can be more successful in your everyday career. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you tapped your full potential as a leader? Sometimes you have to go a little deeper and connect with your inner force. Join host Angela King as she invites you to discover something that already lies within you and helps you become a better leader. Your most important connection is the one you have with yourself. It's time to connect, ignite, and rise. It's time for Inner Force. Tune in live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back. Today we're talking about identity versus role 
in the Sandler sales theory of success, really. And of course, this is something that was developed in, in terms of salespeople, but it really does impact every type of career. And in fact, in one of the articles I found talking about identity versus role, they mention how lottery winners and people who may be in the sports leagues and make a lot of money, and there are some people who do that and are very successful in managing that success, and there are some people who do that and find a way to lose it all, right? Heard those stories of actors, actresses, sports stars who make tons of money, to most of us at least, and yet somehow figure out a way to not be successful. And they attribute the same kind of theory to that, that people don't know what to do with their success or don't know how to be successful when they don't have an identity and a solid vision of who they are. They chase or maybe kind of blow all that money trying to figure out who they are or how to make themselves happy when in fact none of those things can do that for us, right? So they're trying to have those material things make them happy or they're running around like that teenager that that's trying to figure out their identity and figure out their fashion sense and buy a house that fits someone else's goals, not them. Whatever it might be, we can think of those people who should be really successful, but because they don't have a clear identity, maybe clear values around who they are and who they want to be, they don't end up being being able to enjoy that success either. So this is not only a way of making sure that we're successful by getting out of the rat race of trying to improve our identity by performing well in our roles, but also about being able to appreciate that success and really live that success when we get there because we have a separate identity of who we are separate from that success and and where we've worked on that um, and not expected our success to create it for us. So we sit down and we think about who are we and what is important to us about us and what are those benchmarks that you're going to measure about yourself. And so sitting down with my Sandler coach, we were thinking about that and he was sharing some of his examples in terms of how he rates his own identity performance every day. And this was interesting thought to get home at the end of the day and not think about how much did I get done or what sales did I close. In his case, um, you know, in, in your case, instead of judging your role, what did you achieve today? Judging your identity. So were you the person that you want to be today? Were you patient? Were you kind? Were you thoughtful? Were you responsive? Whatever it might be that are your identity, your values about yourself, judging ourselves at the end of the day on that identity 
who we want to be, who we are, not on what we did. And being motivated by that, which I found very interesting to stay connected to that identity in a more tangible way versus just, you know, writing it down once and forgetting it. To really think about that every day. Am I living the identity I want to live and not getting caught up in these roles that I want to play or that other people want me to play perhaps sometimes? And the higher that we can get up on that roles or the identity scale, right? So one, feeling terrible about myself and 10, being okay with who I am. The higher that we can be on that scale, the more productive we will be and the easier it will be for us to make decisions, to be productive, to get things done, to prioritize, because we're not caught up in trying to figure out how that role integrates with our identity. We know we are okay and we're going to make those decisions based on what needs to be done and in in our separate roles. I don't know anybody who's there, but that's the idea. That's the goal is to be in a place where we're somewhere between a seven and a 10 on that identity scale on a regular basis. Some of the um, suggestions that I've had from people in terms of getting there, right? Feeling good about yourself Um So Brene Brown talks about that vulnerability and being willing to talk about these concepts, being willing to think about them differently, being vulnerable in terms of admitting when we're not perfect, um, talking to other people about those imperfections, admitting when we're confused in, in our role and our identity. She has some great information. I love her first TED Talk. I feel like her first TED Talk is her being more, more vulnerable and therefore a little bit more impactful as a reader or a viewer. Um, she also has you know, tons of books that are coming out. Her first one, The Gifts of Imperfection, might be most relevant to this conversation. When we're okay with being imperfect, when we're not taking that in as part of our identity, um, we can be more effective. And of course, we can keep that higher identity score more consistent. Then we may find other ways to connect that identity. So talking about being spiritual and some people's faith help connect them to that identity. Um, The whole idea that if I was created by some larger spiritual being, I'm perfect in their eyes and, and that can be stabilizing for my identity. Some people might find it in balance, family and friends and having people around you that help reflect back to you that identity that is perfect and not having to get that in other ways when that imbalance gets out and when we don't have any other external input, if work is your only external input into who you are, there's probably going to be a challenge there because, of course, none of us are perfect at work and none of us are going to get feedback 
from our friend, uh, from our colleagues and bosses that is going to help maintain that identity stability. You'd have to have a pretty good boss to be able to give feedback in that way where it really helps you maintain that, that stability of identity. So finding some other ways to get feedback, to connect with who you are, to stay connected to who you are, to t- stay connected to what you value about yourself on a day-to-day basis so that you can maintain a high level of self-identity, self-awareness, self-esteem, and really figuring out how to make that an everyday occurrence for your performance. I see in our world today that this is something that most of us are struggling with. We struggle with our identity. We struggle with our self-esteem. Even people who tend to not look like it do, right? Kate Spade. And we see this hope, um, hopefully before people get to that place where their identity is so low that it's, it's too late. It's, it's in that crisis time. We can do that for ourselves. We can do that for those around us by helping to separate this identity from the role, helping them to realize their value as a person separate from their value in whatever role it is that we are interacting with them. And even for ourselves to start to make that separation. That's what this Brene Brown's work is really all about. It's funny that then it crosses over here into this very operationalized talk within the Sandler sales world that it really does have an impact on what we do every day. Um, So when we think about this, the last piece of it that we're going to talk about is success and how we can use this idea to really be more successful. Um, I don't love the language in here. It's kind of salesy, but we're going to talk about the Sandler concepts of winners, at leasters, and non-winners. So stick with me here. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how we can use this idea to good way and striving for new and growth for ourselves. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we've been talking about identity versus role and how you can use this concept to be more successful, more productive in your work. Just a few concepts here to kind of bottom line this, I guess, bullet point this before we leave. The idea of identity is really crystal clear when you look at a baby or a child and you think of them as a worthy person. Are they worthy? Are they good enough? And of of course, we'd all say, yes, they don't have to prove that. They don't have to do anything to earn that. Um, you know, looking at the, especially, you know, toddlers full of vibrancy, full of life, um, not afraid of things. And when they're in that place before they've started to learn that certain things aren't okay, um, they might drive us crazy. But it's that true, authentic expression of what they feel and what they are and who they are. And you wouldn't say that they're not a worthy human being just because of that, right? And so do they need to grow? Do they need to be better? No, they might grow in their roles. They might grow in their behavior. They might grow in in what they know how to do. But as a person, as a human, they don't need to be better, right? And yet when we move into being a grown-up, somewhere along the way, we forget that, we lose that piece of your identity that isn't dependent on anything else. That piece of your identity that is you as that baby, as that child, where you are okay no matter if you do this or not. And that's where identity comes from. The other concept I like around identity comes from another um, psychological theory, I guess, which is around are you okay 
And is the other person okay? And this idea puts forward that we come at life from one of three different places. Either I'm okay and you're not. Those are those people who can be arrogant or rude. Um, it's just not a good. It's not a good feeling when someone's coming from that worldview and you interact with them, where they see the world as they are better than everyone else, smarter than everyone else, believe in the right things that no one else believes in. Most of the time, they end up being wrong, right? Or we come at this world from the place of I'm not okay and you're okay, meaning that I'm less than. I don't deserve to be here. I don't um, stand up for myself. And that's not a good place to interact with people from either because even if they're putting you up on a pedestal, eventually it fails. It feels funny. It just doesn't work. So the idea of coming at the world with an I'm okay you're okay approach. I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. We're both worthy. We can both have an identity of 10, right? We can both think that we're worthy and that's okay. It's not a, it's not a summation game where if I think I'm a seven, you can only think you're a three. So those are some other concepts in this space that I have found to be helpful. So there's this idea in the identity versus role um, on, under the Sandler framework here, where people who rate themselves and their identity from a zero to three fall into the category of a non-winner. Bad language, but the idea is interesting. And my guess is that all of us have been here at some point in our lives, maybe not for long, and we probably know someone who's been here for a longer point in their life. And we can look at their circumstances and and maybe see why. But for some reason, they just seem to be stuck in not feeling good about themselves. They have minimal drive. Um, they don't have any faith in the future. So they don't want to take any challenges. Maybe life has shown them that they can't succeed and, and they have bought that hook, line, and sinker, right? They've taken feedback that they've received, some which may have been about their identity and, and some which was probably about their performance or their role, taken it all into their identity and decided that they're not worthy. They don't, they don't act, they don't take those risks and, you know, things are never their fault when, when they go wrong because they can't afford for it to be their fault. Their, their identity has already suffered so much that they can't take any more in. When we're depressed, when we've been in a situation where we're, we've been beat up, maybe we've all had a time where we've felt like that. But then most of us probably live in this range where we're four to six and I like the campers. So they call it a camper. So in this four to six range, um, we don't lack trying. We try, right? I, the motto they say is I may not win all the time, but at least I don't lose. So we're adjusting risk and, and 
not taking too much risk. We might fail and we see failure as a negative. Um, we adjust our behavior based on our performance and our roles. And, you know, we kind of stay in our comfort zone. People in this place may be successful, but at some point they decide, yeah, that's enough, I'm good. And they stop growing, they stop trying, they stop taking risks to do other things that they might want to do. In the Sandler world, this is a little bit overshadowed by um, financial gain, but I think it happens to all of us in other ways. So we decide that, yeah, I'm good with this, and, and we camp out there, camp out at that plateau. The climber is the one who's figuring out how to separate their identity from their role. And the climber is someone who is okay taking risks, continues to work and try for new things. I want to take this out of the financial sense because I'm not talking about continuing to want to make more money or whatever that is, but climbing in terms of being resilient, thinking about new things we want to do, thinking about what we can do differently, growing, achieving more in terms of our, our mindset and with ourself, not just our life. So this climber picture in my head is someone who is always seeking out the new and the best in themselves as well as new opportunities. And what I've seen a lot in my work is people who got comfortable in the campering stage at a job, and there really wasn't much reason to climb personally, not trying to climb a corporate ladder, but to climb personally, to set goals for themselves, to keep learning, to keep achieving. And then when they got laid off, they were forced with this transition and having to take risks and doing things that they weren't ready to do because they'd been camping for so long. So there may be a time that all of us need to camp. Maybe we have a two-month-old son <laughs> and we need to camp for a little bit. But then how can we get ourselves back into climbing, setting goals, taking risk, and building for ourselves the self that we want and seeking out new roles that help us achieve not only those external goals that we might have, but those internal goals that build up and help us achieve those identity-related goals that we have. So hopefully this conversation around an identity and role has been helpful. You can read more about it if you just Google identity versus role Sandler find some of the resources, and think about how you can be more successful by separating your identity from your role performance. We'll be right back here again next week on The Career Confidant with another great topic to help you be more successful in your career. Until then, you can reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com, and we look forward to seeing you right back here next week on The Career Confidant. (music) 
Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 